Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to call upon your name and be your voice. Bless the Lord and only by your word, God. We ask you please to remove from us any misunderstandings or understandings. Remove from us, God. Your word says that all of us can truly wrap our heart around that verse that says, if you have anything against your brother, be forgiven, brother, for the reconciled. Lord, God, the word speak to us, and we come all that we want us to do, Lord. How and what Christ in that. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. First thing that we see here is that there is a man named Lemuel. The man that wrote the book of of, of Proverbs is a man named Solomon, otherwise known as Jedediah. The word Jedediah means beloved of the Lord. The word Lemuel means dedicated to the Lord. Dedicated to the Lord. Most scholars agree, and going by a few other scriptures, the name Lemuel was a pet name that his mom called him. Called him Lemuel. Because he was dedicated to the Lord. If you guys remember the story, you can look it up in 1 Samuel. It's very interesting how his first brother, 2 Samuel, with his brother, he had an older brother with his mother. Let me start over. King David had his her first son with Bathsheba. That son died because of the sin of David. What he did to Uriah the Hittite. If you uh, don't remember that story, I suggest you look it up. It's a powerhouse. But one of the great things that came out of the death of that child was one of the most amazing verses in the Bible when, now again, we're speaking of Solomon's older brother who went home as a, as a few day old baby. David did something that only New Testament people do. Because we often say about King David, who is Solomon's father, that he had a New Testament relationship in the Old Testament. That's why we still look to David. Some, some of the things that he wrote are so not a traditional Old Testament against the law. Also, Solomon wrote that to, to, to sacrifice, uh, to, to love God and to heart is better than sacrifice, basically. He wrote over and over again. Which to a true Jew, somebody who is following the law, that's ridiculous. You have to sacrifice. However, David has this affair. This child comes out of the when the child is born, it's immediately sick. And then um, David decides to pray and fast. He's very upset, and his servants are mumbling. And all of a sudden, the child dies. The servant said, oh my goodness, you can't tell David. I mean, look how he said he's not. If you're telling his son that he might do something crazy. Kings were known to do that in there. In there. In Israel, they killed their, all their staff. You know what I mean? These were crazy. So they say, he hears that mumbling, David. He says, the child's dead. They say, yes, the child's dead. 
where he goes and washes his hands and face, and he tells them to prepare a feast and a meal, and he eats. And they're, they're so shocked. What is this that you've done? What is this that you've done? David, like only somebody with a true relationship with a living and loving God, says, listen, your child is alive. We knew that God was born. Have mercy on me. The young child is dead. And he says the most amazing thing in the entire Bible. He says, He will not come back to me without me. Wow. We talk about the, 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 as soon as he says that, it just opens up a myriad of other scriptures. Like, we don't grieve as the world grieves. We don't mourn as that. Just all these other death is swallowed up. And it was David's second son, Bathsheba, with Jedediah, so named by Nathan the prophet, so named Solomon by David. Son named Lemuel by his mom. And his mom looked at her son, again, sanctified imagination, and she saw some qualities in him. And he to his daddy, I've got to give you some facts of life, young man. A little too much like your daddy. And he says, she says to him, What? My son. And what? Son of my vows. Now it's interesting that Bathsheba, if truly indeed this is Bathsheba, is telling her son, Lemuel, Solomon, Jedediah, and a bunch of other names that we learned last week. Got a lot of names, this guy. If she's telling him, he's the son of my vows. The redemption of the name Bathsheba is evident in Scripture. That God held David responsible for what happened. You don't know the story. It was a time when kings go out to war and David went up to roof instead of going out to battle and saw a woman taking a bath. And I don't know why her name was Bathsheba when she was taking a bath, but she was taking a bath and her name was Bathsheba. And he went and found out that that was one of his general's wives. Care because instead of going out to battle and walking around on the roof, you got your head in the clouds, that's what happens. You make terrible choices. But if you look at the uh, genealogy of Matthew, and when it gets to Solomon, it said, He who was born of Uriah's wife. God held him responsible. We don't know what he had to pay for for that. All the sins are forgiven, but as an Old Testament saint, he certainly paid a price on earth if you know the story of David. It's just good information to understand you know, who it is that's writing this. Bathsheba, her husband, she was, I think, the 13th wife of David, some say, the 13th wife of David. And she looked at her son and she said, Oh, there's something about this kid. I got to straighten out right from the start. She was the son of the vow. She married David. She, David made an honest woman out of her, so to speak. You understand that? And it's just so strange that the first was not a son of vows. He died. The second, son of my vows. Now, 
What I find interesting about that, there's been a study done on everybody that is currently on uh, welfare. If you want to not be on welfare, you have a 95 or so, 95 to 97 chance of not being on welfare if you will do three things. The first thing, get a job, keep a job. Second thing, get a high school diploma. And the third thing is not have a child out of wedlock. If you will do these three things, the chances of you being on welfare when you get older are cut by 95%. 95% of people on welfare break one of those rules or more than one. Now, why is that important to tonight's study? I'm going to tell you why. Because we are going to look at a bunch of things that you can strive to be, strive to do, things that are precious in the sight of God. What to look for in a person, what to look for in a woman, or what to be as a woman. You understand what I'm saying here? Super, super important stuff. Seventy-five percent of young men in prison have no father figure. Are born by single moms. The African American community. When I say African American community, let me clarify that. In the ghetto. In the ghetto, white, black, Hispanic, whatever color, if you are in the ghetto, seventy percent of the children now born are born to single moms. Thus the pipeline between street and prison is the reason. When she says, son of my vows, she's trying to tell him something. She makes it clearer. Stay with me. Do not give your strength to women. Know your ways to that which destroys kings. Man, oh man. Huh. If you're not giggling, that means you don't know who it is that we're talking about here. It's been well written that your kids will always outdo you. You're a drunk. Kids going to be drug addicts. You're promiscuous. Your kids going to be pornoholics. You smoke Parliament. They're going to smoke in court. I mean, the kids are always going to outdo you. Always. This woman looked at her son and said, "There's something about you. Don't be like your father. Don't you go having 13 wives." The Torah is very, very clear. Kings are not to multiply wives. I also find it super interesting that the guy that wrote this or recorded this gave us the words of his mother after he screwed up. So there's kind of an admonition here. There's an admission of guilt. There's an admission of guilt. And I, I, I mess this up. You know what I'm saying. And the proof of that is carried over because if you have ever read Ecclesiastes, which I highly suggest after we just finished studying the book, probably read Ecclesiastes. 
Because it's the writings of, of Solomon in the latter days of his life when all he talks about is regret. Why did I do this and why did I do that? Why did I do this? It's not a book you learn from um, like a like the book of Proverbs. It's a book that you learn from as like, wow, I'm not gonna do that. That was really dumb. You guys understand what I'm saying? Let me get a little keep stay with me. It is not for kings, I'll love you well. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. Give me your attention, please. Anybody know the number one city of alcohol consumption, the number one city of alcohol consumption in the United States of America? Anybody? Huh? Yeah, I've got it. Washington, D.C. I wonder about the presidents of the past. Imagine, I mean, look, we are all hard on, on, on the president we have now, but do you want his job? Do you want to be sitting there while this guy is about to invade another country? Like, what do you do? Do you say, listen, you got enough of own problems, you're on your own, and a bunch of people die? Or do you say, no, we're going to protect, but we send our own people, and they're going to die? No matter what this guy does, no matter what decisions this guy makes, people die. If you've, have you ever seen a picture of, 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 our, of um, Bill Clinton? This dude's nose, the end of his nose, is so red. He is so alcohol-soaked his body. I mean, he's literally deformed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen anybody with a big and red nose? That's, that's a throat of an alcohol person. This woman knew a little something, something, didn't she? She said, look here, young man. You're about to become a king. Why? Good question. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. You know what's amazing? There are suggestions in the Bible. There are sometimes you read something in the Bible and you think, you know, maybe I should pray about that. Maybe I should pray about the application of my life. There are a few things you don't need to pray about. What the Bible talks about, the poor and the needy, the widow, the orphan, and the downtrodden, not a few times, hundreds and hundreds of times. It's like, listen to me. People always ask me, like, you know, I've been really praying about um, being forced to care. And me, and, me and my wife say the same thing. You don't, you don't Do that or you don't do that. If you think you want to do that, you do that. Because there is nothing. You're going to tell me you started praying about being a foster parent and God said no? Mm-hmm. Well, God shut the door. It wasn't God shutting that door. Believe me, when we became foster parents, me and my wife, It was the biggest eye-opening blessing of our entire lives. 
But make no mistake about it. It is the biggest pain, and I don't mean pain here, I mean pain here. Your heart is literally taken out and put on the table. And you watch the perversion of justice, the, the horrible, horrible ways that the system, especially in case you don't know, I'm talking about somebody said Broward County, I think he said Broward County. Broward County is probably the worst, one of the worst um, family court problems in the country. In Broward County, the judges get punished by being sent to family court. That's not like, aha, no, no. That's their punishment. Our judge, me and my wife, were trying to adopt our foster babies. He was already um, convicted of judicial misconduct awaiting sentencing. And he was still on the bench judging our case. And all family courts like that. Listen, I, I mean no disrespect to, to my brown or black brothers and sisters here, but the things that they tell white people about how to raise a, a brown or black child is the most disgusting thing. It is the most racist. They think what the counties think about you black people you should be completely offended. We need to teach our brown children about their culture. And that means drugs, prostitution. And you don't know what these liberal people think about you. It is disgusting. Disgusting. Am I, am I lying foster parents in here? Horrible. That they think that's what you're about. Like, they think that you guys are a bunch of idiots and, and, you need, and we need to dumb down people for you. Keep, know that's the truth. However, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Medicine. Give them medicine. They're dying. Give them some medicine. It was one of the verses some people, well, you know, when, you, when somebody's dying in the hospital, should you give them morphine? Should you give them this? I mean, should they have to take the pain? They've been giving medicine to people who are dying for thousands of years. No reason somebody should live in pain and say, I wouldn't put anything in my body. Listen, you're dying, dude. Take some medicine. There's also a like this. And for me, I, I, what I like about this, give strong drinks in this parachute. You know what? I'm not dying. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm going to stay sober. Be sober and be vigilant for your adversary and devil for long runs. You know who people are you know drink all the time are? People are dying. You're not dying. You shouldn't be drugging and drinking. Because as soon as you start drinking and drinking, you're dying. My brother died of heart failure from drug abuse at, I don't remember how old he was, 46, 47. He was two years younger than me. He died about eight or nine years ago. And because he started smoking pot at 15, 16, when I tell you, 
mentally, he never grew past that. This is the uh, thing they don't want to tell you about her, right? And pot's legal now, so what's wrong with smoking pot, right? You literally stop growing mentally from the day you start smoking pot. You never get past it. actually grow when you stop. If you stop, you can grow, but it takes time for the THC to get out of your system so that you mentally you start developing again. You can do significant damage. Significant damage. My brother is never, never the same. Thirteen. I mean, he was basically a, a 16-year-old, 40-some-year-old body. And, and the studies that they don't want to show you because politicians make way too much money from the herbs, from the, the amount of people who smoke pot every day that are schizophrenic, it's above 50%. The amount of people that murder, that they, they, did, they do this, these studies are murderers is over 80% of murderers in jail or regular possible. Like they tell you that pot ain't bad for you, you pot doesn't pay their taxes. Give strong drink to those perishing, verse 6, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let them drink and forget his poverty. Remember his misery no more. Open your mouth to the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Remember we talked about that? The poor and needy. You don't need to pray about whether you should help poor people. But what should I do? Do it. Well, how should I help poor people? What, what if they're on drugs? What if, what if they're poor because they're it's their own fault. What if, what if they're... Tell a poor person, man. That I don't have to explain. I love verse 8 as a, um, as a verse um, for the aberration of, of abortion. We're turning over a road for the Ability to give men the rights to make a decision on an unborn child. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are going to die. Let's not go too far into that, but that is good. When I was growing up, there was an actress named Bo Derek. Anybody remember Bo Derek? If you're a little bit older than me, the young guys don't. In the, in the late 70s, and she was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. A guy or a girl? He's a woman. In, uh, in, the late, in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a movie called Ten. And Ten was a representative of the woman was a Ten. On a scale of one to ten, Bo Derek was a Ten. She was intelligent and she was beautiful. 
was built and she was intelligent. <laughs> Bo Derek was a fan. Matter of fact, this woman I think was in her 60s now, and she's still quite the woman. And it's smart. Um, she's written a book. She's a. Did you just look it up? Did you look her up? She's like, graciously. <laughs> Why do I bring up 10? Because we're in verse 10. And from this point on, we're going to describe what God sees as a. What you now, as a woman, could say, right, here's the thing. Generally speaking, as a man married, 30 some odd years, he has five daughters. You're going to take this the whole long way, because that's what you won't do. I'm about to read the qualities of a woman God finds to be. What you should do is listen. Boom, right there. You can look and see some of these things that look always and go, yes. But you're not. You're going to look at these some things that are not your fathers and go, oh, Don't do that, man. That's not God. What God does is he looks down at your good qualities and he goes, yes. And you go to God and you look at my bad parts. I'll help you with that. But you women are so down on yourselves all the time. You're so defeated. I'm, I'm a this and I'm a that. God is a God of redemption. He wants to lift you up pull you up out of those holes. Right? Ready for the qualities of the ten? Who can find a virtuous wife? See that word for virtuous? That is not the same word as chaste, which means pure or sexually pure. It's not. This is a woman of character. This is a woman of valor. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trust, sir, so he will have no lack of gain. First quality we see here is your husband doesn't worry when he gives you the credit card. Your man is not afraid if you have access to the bank account. He's not worried. He's not worried. He doesn't care if you leave the house and you are dressed to the night. Because he knows even if you're not, you're going to turn heads. And it don't matter. It is. He's yours. Husband safely trust. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Does him good and not evil. Guys, verse 12. We all fall short. Come on. We're so mean to each other all the time. And I, I think I said this in the last service. It's like the older I get and the softer I get, the gentler I get, but the kinder I get as an older person, the more I 
realize how hard I've been on this woman my whole life. And I kind of hate myself for it. It's like I was so sure so long that it was her in all these other areas. Yeah. So hard on She said the same thing with me. Once she's in there, these moments. Get it. like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Now, I'm going to brag all night long about my wife because I want you sisters to know me and my wife have taken our pastoral ship here. Now, my wife is not quote-unquote a pastor at this church, but she is very much has the gift of a pastor in leading sisters. She has taught her daughters and she has taught some of you sisters what she has learned over these long years, what she learned from her mother and father. She has applied to her life, she's accentuated the good, she has eliminated the bad, and every week, every day, every month in which she's getting better and better, more and more and more and more, like the woman that we're describing here. So describing here. So I will continue to do this and give you an example. 
So that again, what are you sisters going to do? Are you hear all this stuff? It's not going to go. No, for sure. You can say, I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. Because nobody, nobody has all the gifts. All right, didn't the Apostle Paul say at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, 14, one of those two? Do we all speak in tongues? Do we all have the gift? No. But I'll show you a more excellent way. Right? That's what I mean. Chapter 11, 12. Anyway, she brings her food from afar. What does that mean? You know what we have on Tuesday sometimes? Anybody? Tammy, what do we have Tuesdays? Say it. Taco Tuesday. That's food from Mexico. <laughs> I am lying. Hey, I'm not. My wife finds out food. She's got, oh, yeah, you know, I've got to cook this thing in uh, this country. That, we have um, a lot of times on, on uh, Wednesday night, you're going in, you see, and I got a big old plate of spaghetti with meat sauce on it. Dying. I'm not joking. My wife's like a merchant ship. She's bringing food from far, faraway countries. She's fine. She will look up online new recipes. Hey, I saw this recipe. It'd be really cool. And, and this spaghetti that you're eating, it has no calories. It's not spaghetti. It's actually plastic. Says, you know, I would like a nicer car. 
but we can't afford one. Watch me get it anyway. What are you talking about? Leave it to me. Leave it to me. She finds some way to make some extra money. She'll find something to do, some way to get it. She will. Hey, honey, I want to buy that car. Oh, we can't afford that car. That's a good woman. Verse 17. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Verse 17, a little on the controversial side. Hey, it was Chuck Smith who said it. Anybody? The barn means painting. Painting barn. What does that mean? Well, you ladies have this thing. Ready? Do I look fat? Like the worst thing a man could ever do. Ken Graves, he has a great joke when he says, when a woman says, do I look fat in this? The proper answer is not, I seem fat. The proper answer is, no baby, you got to be fat to look fat. You ain't fat. Bring that over here. Ladies, if you feel fat, if something needs to be done, do it. It's that simple. If the bar needs paint, paint the bar. If it don't need paint, don't paint the bar. If you are a man here, ever said anything other than baby, you are gorgeous, beautiful, and wonderful. You don't deserve anything. And I hope you don't get it. That's what you said to yeah. I'm going to you right now. Hey, the barn woman is that who's laughing? She's laughing at me. David, well, I got you on that one, huh? Usually it's Karen I get on. If you're giggling, that's the end of it, huh? Right? Huh? He's done some barn painting. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. I love verse 18. Let me tell you what I love about verse 18. Ready? Ladies. Know your value and your worth in Christ. And then your husband will recognize it. I have often told you the story about I had no idea how talented and gifted my wife was. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's my shame. I just thought I married a trophy wife. She's the best looking woman I've ever seen. I couldn't believe that I should be seen in public with me. That was just amazing. didn't know that not only was she beautiful, but so talented. If you've ever seen a, the, the, my wife decorate a house, inside and outside, this woman could make so much, if she wanted to, put down her kids, put down her grandkids, put her husband on hold, and become an interior decorator. You may never see nothing. You go to my house, you're like, 
You ready for this? Where did you get that cable? I found an offer up. I sanded it down to the bones. We finished it. Painted it yourself. What? My wife is. I can bring on the bacon, fry it up in the pan. Never, ever, ever let you forget your man. Cause she's a woman. Let me tell you how that happened. By standing back and letting God be God in her life. Not by me. Listen, if it was up to me, she would be none of those things. It was her finding who she is in Christ, believing in who she is. A man that keeps a woman down, a man who doesn't realize the value in the woman that he has, probably never will. Probably never will. I remember watching one time, this kind of funny. Think I remember the Newlyweds show? You gotta be a little old to remember Newlyweds. There's a show, and I always knew you guys, and they would ask a question, and they'd hold up the card, and if they both got the answer the same, they got to end the winner. Right? I remember one time, and I, I don't even know why I remember this. I probably saw it when I was 15. There was a guy and a girl there, and the guy said to the host, the, what was his name? He actually said to him, yeah, I'm better looking than she is. And he goes, oh, no, you're not. No, no, as, as a guy, I'm better looking than she is as a girl. And I remember, I, I don't know why I remember, I'm thinking to myself, now, with 30 years in retrospect, I look back and go, I'm sure the first one. Thing like the arrogance, the arrogance of the man. Look, there's a couple of things that I know. One of them is I married up the ladder. I married way up the ladder. Please figure it out, dude. Ladies. Perceive that your merchandise is good. And now, there's a, a really excellent, if you do any studies on this, is an excellent, uh, verse 18 is an excellent in the intimacy area too, which we'll study at a men's conference. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Does anybody know what that is? A distaff was a rod. And what they would do is they would take cotton or wool and they'd wrap it around and then they'd roll it out and it would go onto a spindle where they made the wool or made the uh, yarn. And so her hand holds the spindle, the, the rod, while her other hand. What does it basically mean? She's resourceful. She's not afraid to work. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. This woman here that God's describing, this pen. You don't need somebody to come in and take care of her house. She got it. She got this. You follow me? She extends her hands to the poor, yet 
out our hands to the needy. Don't ever forget that. We ain't just making it for ourselves. How many times? Hundreds and hundreds of times in scripture. We've sent our hands before. If you don't have a family that you can adopt, if you don't have anybody that you're taking care of, if you don't have anybody like that, man, I really have success. What a blessing it is to find somebody who has fortune to yourself. Just find somebody. Find somebody and say, you know what? Open your heart to pay their electric bill every month. Pay their electric bill. If they try, obviously we're not going to do this to enable them to be drugs or live wickedly. But man, if they're working hard and you're trying, they've got a family member, you know what? I'm going to pay your phone the next few months for you. Do that. That is what the Bible calls an alms. A L M S. Alms. Just the Lord Jesus said, don't let your right hand hold your left hand do it. Don't keep track of this. Continuing. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. I mean, in our day and age, you basically get the, uh, get the winter clothes out of the closet, get the spring down. Now, I don't make anybody feel bad because there's a precious sister in there who I love very much. She told me this funny story the other day. So I'm not, I'm not going to mention her name, but listen, if your Christmas tree is still up, don't wait till Easter. In my house, my mother, God rest her soul, she smoked a lot of pot in the 70s and 80s. Our Christmas tree was up until it was down. It was bad. It was bad. Not afraid of snow. Her household is clothed with scarlet. She finds the places to get that clothes. You ever go anywhere with my wife? Her eye is like an eagle eye. She's driving. There's a time for 
slippers and removal. And then there's a time for a little tutorial. Okay? If you're walking around and your boxes are hanging halfway down and you've got your fat belly hanging out and your wife comes home from work or wherever she is, and you We used to do this thing in my house, we walk around my house, and every once in a while, um, we saw this at a, a con a couple of times, years ago, we used to wear clowns all the time, we still go once in a while, but it's a really good thing to do. There's this guy, and, and every time his wife would walk by, and we started doing this, he'd go, oh, and she'd go, what? I used to leave the house. Get him, honey. I'm praying for you till you get home. Do you see what, how this fits in? Look, look at it. She makes tapestries for stuff. Her clothing is finer than purple. Man. Like, honor each other a little more. It keeps things kind of freely fresh, you know what I mean? Yes, no, you guys not get this? See, I, I warned you this was going to happen. I warned you. You guys are not like, like yes, I got that one. You're like, oh, you don't mean that to yourself. I, I, I know, I'm looking around and I know what's going on here. And most of you guys are like enamored most of these things. And all you're doing is worrying about the one you got. I can see it. I can smell it. Oh, I smell that one. I didn't do that when you were. Her husband is known in the gates and he sits among the elders of the land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in times to come. Strength and honor are her clothing. Hey, single brothers and sisters here, this is the kind of woman you're looking for. This is the kind of woman you want to be. Strength and honor. You shall rejoice. Are you looking for Mr. Right? Or are you looking for Mr. Right now? Ask yourself that question. Because I'm telling you the same thing, single brothers and sisters here, that you've heard a thousand times. When God brings the right one, the wait will be worth it. If God doesn't bless, if the enemy brings the right one, it will be You all know it. Oh, you all know it. She opens her mouth with wisdom. On her tongue is the law of kindness. But the problem is, you have to be wise to know what wisdom is. And the problem with women is their men are stupid. They don't know what they're opening their mouth with kindness. They're too stupid to know. They're too hard to hear. For so many, so long, you think a quality they have is. Something that, and then 
all of a sudden, you realize it's the best. And you're like, man, why didn't I like stir that Why didn't I, why did I, try to think of something like that. I, I was going to say that, but, but I, I'm not going to say that. Carrion is like, has the kindest, gentlest, softest heart. You talk to her, and every time you talk to her, she cries. Now, as a husband, that can either like really annoy you, like, are you crying again? Or you can go, and believe me, and we all have that, brothers here, we all have that. Something that our wife does that annoys the crap out of us. So, What's the old saying? You don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Man, I am so sorry that you guys are not seeing this. This is supposed to be like an uplifting Bible study. And I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to, to more. David's the only one laughing. At least he can laugh about his failures. Yes, exactly. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. You guys ever watch that old show on married children? She sat on the couch and eat bonbons. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Be careful how long you are sitting on that couch watching TV. Be careful. Don't. Oh, I'm not talking to nobody. I'm just saying. Saying. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. You know what the crazy thing about having your children rise up and call you blessed? You ready for this, ladies? The older they get, the more blessed they'll call you. And believe me, the more children they have, the more. My oldest daughter knows in jealousy what a mom she had. How did you do it? How did mom do it, Dad? How did mom do it? My answer is always the same. Children rise up and call her blessed. If you will do some of these things, if you will apply these things, your children will rise up and call you blessed, man. And they will praise you. And her husband also. Now that is an, that is an excellent word. When Austin first got married, Austin wasn't really free with the praises. Like, I'm real. Huh? No, he really got a lot better with it. So he, he used to ask me because for sincerity and not sincerity, sometimes you know you gotta you gotta force sincerity sometimes. But but I'm really good with the words. I don't need to put actions behind it. But 
be like, how do you remember seven o'clock? I literally have I have apps on my phone and everything. I call your wife and tell her, just want you know, your feet must be hurting. I've been running around in my mind all day. Crazy. Oh, what a group of words. King Graves used to talk about that old farmer. Old farmer says, baby, those I love you when I imagine. Don't work, man. Don't work. NG. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. You know the crazy thing about verse 29? I do not know a woman better than my wife. You know, I do. Like, I don't know a better woman than my wife. Like, here's the crazy thing. And, I, I, and I'm sorry that this hurts anybody's feelings. I've been in that office, premarital, marital, counseling, singles, 20 plus years, and I have yet to leave that office and go. Every single time I leave, I was like, Isn't that crazy? Why do we complain when we got the best thing sitting next to us? I love uh, the last two verses um, because they kind of sum everything up. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. Ready, guys? You ready? What quality are you looking for in a woman? He loves God more than she loves you. If you don't find a woman who loves God more than she loves you, believe me when I tell you, you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it hard. Yeah, but I'm tired of waiting. I understand. I understand. Listen, I don't care if you talk to somebody who got married at 18, 19, or you talk to somebody who got married at 40. They're going to tell you the same exact thing. I felt like it was never going to happen. I was waiting so long. Now you're talking to those same people who married a godly person, man or woman, and they will tell you, well worth the wait. Whether they got married at 18 or they got married at 40. Or more than that. The right person is worth the wait. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. What I applied on verse 31. Chapter 31, verse 31, end of the book of Proverbs, the end of our studies in the book of Proverbs and the wisdom books. We'll be starting to see the book of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, the life of God. Don't micromanage it, though. Don't micromanage it. I'll tell you a funny story that happened. I don't know if my wife remembers this or not. It was the last time. It was um, 20 years ago. My wife was a little bit on the disorganized side because she got thrown into life very young. Me and my wife got married. She was still a teenager when we started dating. We had kids, kids very young. And she kind of had um, an organization problem, let's say. 
Now, back in the day, they used to have these things called day planners or a day runner. You know what that is? So, what I would do is my wife, oh, honey, you know, my wife's amazing. I had a kid two weeks later, people were like, do you need something, baby? Yeah. And she's like, honey, I don't know what. I got you, girl. I put her on this plan. Here's our diet, here's our run. My wife running four or five miles, no problem. Right? So, what I did is I bought this day home, and I started laying out my whole wife's life. And one day when I was filling out this day plan, I bought this thing and for three months I was filling it out for the next year for her. And one day I was filling it out because I used to do it. I used to get up early and I still do, spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, and then I would start to fill this thing out. And one time after I was finished, the Lord knocked on I said, um, what's she going to need? Chapter 31, verse 31. Let her take care of your God. You love her up to it. But don't recognize her. Don't try to make her what you want. God made it in the exact way she is. God will continue to work. He began to work. Give her the fruit of her hands. Give her of the fruit of her hands. Anyway, that was the application for that. Uh, when I promised you guys, I scratched the surface of, of, of chapter 31 just ever and ever so slightly. Hardly even went below the, the top layer. There's so much more there. And then the application also to, um, to this, a lot of this could be talking about the word Jesus and the intimacy aspects of, of marriage, we just scratch the surface. But ladies, please do not leave here feeling down about yourself. You guys are phenomenal. We have you're in church on Wednesday night. Really? You're in church on Wednesday night. Give yourself a break, alright? You're doing great. You're going to continue to do good. You single brothers and sisters there, you know what to strive for and toward. I personally thank my wife for being a proper security woman. Don't tell her not. I suggest that you all be the same. Put her in her hands, man. Let her be. Let her be. Right? Amen? Well, I got to thank you for your word. God, we think about all the things the Bible tells man to do, God, and all how we fall short. God, we pray that help us to be kind and gentle to them, and we're not. Help us to be understanding and merciful, and we're not. God, help us to be men of integrity, men of self-control, men of kindness and gentleness. Thank you so much, God, for this picture. We offer you this heart of ours to, to purge our women to do these things. And the ladies are, are right now 
Mm-hmm. Take me by this word, God. I pray, please don't give them conviction. Give them encouragement, God. Just give them encouraging words.